Hi, this is the Drawing the Ideal Self podcast for October 2020. So today's episode is about the importance of our bags. If you've used Drawing the Ideal Self, you'll know that it includes a bag. And I've been intrigued over time by the things that people draw in the bag. So the idea is that uh, you ask the young person or an adult, whoever you're doing it with, to draw a bag and the contents. And they do that for the non-ideal self and the ideal self. So I got thinking about this and the importance of it. So most of us will have a bag. We'll have a bag maybe for leisure, maybe for work, maybe for going out. So kind of posh bag, a better bag. We might have our favourite bag. Uh, And it's interesting to think about that in terms of our construing. What it is that makes it a bag that for us is both a, a definition and validation of our identity and perhaps an extension. My interest in this area in particular was prompted when I listened to Thinking Aloud on Radio 4, which is a sociology programme. And they had somebody on who'd written a paper about the importance of handbags to people with dementia. The study wasn't entirely focused on women, and it included people who were in residential care and people who weren't. The article was by Booz and Twig, and it was actually from 2014, and you can get a free download So I'll add the reference to the email that goes with this podcast. And if you're not on my mailing list, you might find it helpful because you will get all the references in a very clear way and you will be able to look them up if you want to. So I listened to uh, the report about the paper and it was called Women with Dementia and Their Handbags, Negotiating Identity, Privacy and Home Through Material Culture. The abstract says it shows how handbags are significant to supporting the identities of women with dementia as biographical and memory objects, both in terms of the bags themselves and the objects they contain. This is particularly so during the transition to care homes, where previous aspects of identity and social roles may be lost. Handbags are also significant to making personal or private space within care settings. However, dementia can heighten women's ambivalent relationship to their handbags, which can become a source of anxiety as lost objects or may be viewed as problematic or unruly. Handbags may also be adapted or discarded due to changing bodies, lifestyles and the progression of dementia. And it's such an interesting paper. So the introduction talks about the importance of bags as an object which helps us to extend our identity or has meaning for us because of how we see ourselves. And then it talks as well about the use of handbags to contain things and what our bags might contain. They talk about it being an extension of the self or an identity kit. So that might be credit cards, business cards maybe passports or identity documents, also functional things that you might need during the day. And during this study, they also made reference to the importance of bags for women to contain things that are to do with their identity as a woman 
and some of the things that women need to do, such as changing tampons, etc. They talked about bags having items in them which don't anymore have any functional use. So things that have expired, like a ticket to something, or keys that no longer fit a door, um, but they're a way of maintaining connections to past roles or aspects of self. They talked about bags also representing social divisions and dimensions of class, gender and age. And that's really important because bags are about who we want to project ourselves to be. At one point they reference somebody else who talks about bags being equivalent to men's cars so that handbags are the public projection of identity in terms of the outside of the bag at least. And you can see in the desire for people to have all kinds of particular bags so that might be some kind of a whatever's cool at the time, um, whatever the latest designers are, and maybe the bag for the new season. All of those kind of things happen. And they don't just happen with handbags. So I read this article and I thought about the other kind of bags which are very commonly used by people, which is rucksacks, so backpacks. And I can remember my children going through phases where it was important to them to have a new bag for the start of the new school year. Because bags changed in fashion and new bags are important to show that you've got the latest thing. If you want to be some kind of cool kid, you need to have the latest version of whatever bag it is and whatever mate it is that's accepted by your peers to be the cool bag. And obviously those things change during time. They also change with age that, you know, you get to a point where maybe the bag's function is more important than the name on it. But during a big identity finding phase of adolescence, then perhaps the name matters more than how well the bag works. And certainly for my own children, I've had that experience. They've wanted particular bags, which then very quickly fall apart. In some ways that didn't matter too much because they had another bag the next year, <laughs> but it wasn't a very good use of money. In the paper, they also talk about how women's handbags change during the life course both in style and in relation to uh, their roles and the size of bag that they may need. So for parents, they need to carry more things. Um, and I thought that was very interesting in terms of what we do with our bags and how, as our identity changes, our bag changes and the contents of the bag also change. The authors talked about uh, how when people went into residential care, they would still carry their handbag with them. And although residential care is meant to be home, this made it clear that it wasn't because people don't carry their handbags in their own house. So they might know where it is and they can leave it safely somewhere at home. But in care, they took them with them. And I can remember this with my mum-in-law when she was in a care home, that she always had a handbag with her. And the other thing that she did was uh, she had a key to her door, which she carried in her handbag, and really the handbag was the container for the key. And that was about her not being at home, in the home. Although she needed to be there and it, was, it wasn't like her own house where she wouldn't have carried her handbag around, although she would have had it probably by her chair or in the kitchen and know where it was. And in the care home, she always took it with her. And I can remember a time when we thought we needed to look inside the bag to see 
what it was she was carrying around and whether there was anything important that could potentially be stolen or lost. Um, And that was really difficult to look inside the bag. And this paper makes this point that what's in our bags is very private. We don't look in each other's bags without permission. And for my mum-in-law, we couldn't look in a bag just the same because, you know, that's quite rude to do that. And it's very intrusive and that's her private stuff. And we came to a point where we thought we'll get her a new handbag so that we could help her transfer the contents and therefore sort it out. That really didn't work (laughs) at all. Now, having read this paper, I was thinking that's probably completely the wrong thing to do because the identity contained in the bag and the memories it held had meaning for her, even if she didn't look in it. Even if only now and again she put her hands in there, touching the familiar things that were her things that had meaning to her, probably helped her identity to be contained and not so fragmented by her experience of dementia. And that privacy of the bag is the thing that's in drawing the ideal self. So it asks you to ask the person to draw a bag and whatever the contents would be for the non-ideal person and the ideal person. There's no specification other than that. And if they don't want to draw the bag, they can just draw the contents. And sometimes people have drawn very elaborate bags, which are very clearly a particular identity of bag, particular make or style. Other times they just draw something a bit nebulous, but the contents are drawn clearly. Sometimes when I've done it with young people, they can't draw really. And what the contents and the bag look like is... um, very difficult to discern so I would usually ask people to tell me what the contents are that way they don't have to worry about the style of the drawing when they're doing it so I'll say can you draw this person's bag and what would be in it when they've done the drawing I'll ask them to tell me what all the things are and I'll typically write the labels underneath So it can be hard for somebody to draw either a complicated thing or they might draw something that could be interpreted in many ways, like um, maybe some papers, which could be some cards, it could be a pack of Pokemon, or it could be drawings, or it could be notes they've written. So making sure you know what it is, is quite important. When they draw the bag that's related to their ideal person, it's going to be a different kind of bag. And often I've seen with the non-ideal, kids draw knives, guns, horrible kinds of weapons that could hurt people. Or uh, if their ideal person is a studious person who does well at school, then the non-ideal person won't have any books or school equipment at all. But the ideal person will. Maybe a footballer will have, you know, beautiful football boots in their bag. And the non-ideal person won't have any kind of sports equipment. So it's interesting to look in drawing the ideal self at just the bag and what the meaning is. And actually, you could pull out lots of constructs from that so that you can, say, take each one and find out the contrast pole. It might not be obvious from the non-ideal bag what's missing. So uh, you could look at saying what, what's the importance of the football boots, why are they there, and find out some more construing from that. The other thing that you could do is look at the choice of football boots. Which football boots are the ones that the ideal person has and why? Why do they matter? Is it some fantastic make? Is it something their favourite footballer wears? Is it something that 
they've seen on the TV in an advert and they're just way too expensive to ever buy, but the ideal person might have been given them or they've got them from their team manager or something like that. So it's worth exploring all of those individual things. And if they draw a phone, I would always ask now what they would do with the phone. Why is it there? Uh, Because some young people will use a phone for research. Some are constantly on social media. Some will be texting their friends. Some will never text their friends but want to look stuff up. And some just use it for gaming. So the fact a phone is there doesn't tell you what it's there for and how that uh, helps that person to express their identity. The other thing, having read this paper, might be to say, is there anything in there that nobody else knows? I've never had people draw anything terribly intimate, um, such as tampons. I'm not sure why that is, except that maybe it's a given and maybe you can't draw everything. So you're not drawing everything a person might need. Sometimes children will draw food or drink in the bag. Sometimes they don't have any. I'm not sure whether that's significant or not. So I would always ask. And I think the the private space bit of the bag is interesting. You know, have they chosen to not reveal things? And you could ask, is there something in the bag that nobody else would guess was in there? Um, It might be that somebody who presents themselves as maybe a bit of a gang member or a thug actually has a book in their bag, but nobody's going to find that out unless you ask. So it's, it's worth exploring in more detail. And you could do a lot of work just on the basis of what is in the bags um, and pull out the constructs from there, find the contrast poles, maybe do some laddering. Um, you could look at different bags and of how they would or would not fit with a person's identity. You could look at what bags mean or how they are seen by other young people as far as that young person thinks. So does the style of the bag matter? Does the make matter? Does it denote some kind of social status or gender? Is it important what your bag is like in all kinds of different ways? Okay, so I suppose the reason I've done this is because I'd heard this report of the paper on the radio, and it was probably maybe a year, 18 months ago, but it's really stuck with me. And I think it stuck with me because of drawing the ideal self and because I'd got a bag in there. And it made me think more about why that matters and why I would always have a bag in there. And it also made me think about identity for people with dementia and how important a bag is to sort of containing who you've been as well as who you are now and what that does if people take your bag away so in the paper they talk about as dementia worsened that some people's bags were no longer needed as far as other people were concerned or they might cause problems so people might put used toilet paper in their bags And therefore, carers had to look in their bags and take it out. So bags had a different function. And perhaps a person had become confused about what it was for, um, but might not be able to explain what they were doing, putting the toilet paper in there. You know, was it because they're embarrassed or they've forgotten how to put it down the loo? Or they just did. And there was no clear reason. 
I would really suggest that you read the paper because it's very interesting. I'll also put some references in to a couple of websites. There was a, an article in The Guardian about what's in your man bag that was interesting. It's a bit dated because the telephones are awful on there, but it's still interesting to see. And then there was another one which was an exhibition looking at people's bags over time and how they change from young children having a bag to carry their sweets or something like that. And it's not a bag-looking bag. It might look like an animal with a zip in it. So it's a bit of a cross between a teddy and a bag. And then as they get older and into adolescence, that bag becomes much more important because it has in it the things that signify independence, like a bank card or your house keys. And then as they get older again, you might have all of those things. But then once you start to have children, you'll have nappies in your bag and you'll have toys in your bag and you'll have stuff in that you didn't know you ever were going to need. I just thought it was interesting how the function of bags changes during a lifetime. The other thing that I found was an exhibition of pictures of homeless people and what was in their bags. And there was a a sort of rider on it about the importance of not using homeless people for the sake of art, which I think this doesn't do, because what it does is illustrate what's important when you have nothing else, when you don't even have a house to live in. What is it that you need with you? And it shows a number of photographs of the contents of people's bags. And I thought that was really interesting because some of the things in there surprised me. Some didn't. Some were practical, functional, but some were clearly related to an identity that somebody had had or might be planning to return to, even though they were homeless at the moment. So I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. Okay, I hope you found that interesting enough. I'm going to be interviewing Diane Allen, who's a great PCPer in Coventry, and that interview is taking place next week. And then I will see what I can do for the next episode and see if we can get that interview on there. So look forward to talking to you next time. I hope you're not too uncomfortable in whatever version of lockdown you've got in either your house, your part of the world, your country, your region. If you're in the UK, some areas have very different restrictions from others. And it really is a bit confusing at times. So hopefully having a think about this might be a useful distraction. Okay, well, that's enough for October and I'll see you again in November. Bye. (laughs)